Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again! Well, this is exciting for the Hamden Roar podcast. It's Andy Barge here along with Gordon Sheerk and John Bleasdale once again off the bench after his impressive cameo a couple of weeks ago following the Moldova game. And we're here to preview Scotland's potential opponents in the World Cup playoff next March. Scotland are seeded, remember, after that tremendous win over Denmark in the final match day of the qualification campaign, which means that we will avoid in the semi-final anyway the likes of Italy, Portugal, Russia, Wales and Sweden. But it means that we can still have some tricky ties or will still have a tricky tie, generally speaking, with Turkey, Poland, North Macedonia, Ukraine, Czech Republic and Austria lying in wait for any of the seeded teams. So what we're going to do is just have a look at each country's recent form, their danger men, recent meetings with Scotland, if there have been any, and just generally look forward to what is an exciting time, Gordon. How are you feeling about it? We're recording this on Tuesday evening, so two full days still to go. I feel great. I mean, this this is just such a such an exciting time for the national team, isn't it? You know, I mean, I th- I, I, I don't um, know this for sure, but I would imagine there's been quite a lot of people signing up to the Scotland Supporters Club in the last week or so to make sure that they guarantee themselves a ticket for Scotland's home semi-final. I think... On reflection, you know, I, I was certainly trying to make sure everyone was just aware of how big a deal it was just getting in the playoffs anyway. Forget the seeding. If we're not unseeded, oh, it'll be okay. We're there and that's the important thing. But really, it's been so important to get that seeding. I mean, when you look at the teams that have dropped in, you look at Portugal, you look at Italy, you look at Russia, and we get a Hamden game and you saw Israel and Denmark. They'll tell you what a, a sold-out Hamden can do for the opposition. So... This is really, really exciting. And, and again, what's really exciting is that we've got a decent amount of time to keep this buzz going, keep this optimism, keep this positivity, watch our boys excel in their club club game for a few for a few months. Um, but yeah, all looks to Friday and let's let's hope we get a good get get, get some good 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 draws. Well, if somebody was to line up an identity parade for me and ask me to pick out someone who said they weren't bothered about the seeding or not. I'm looking right at him. It's John Bleasdale there at the bottom of my screen. Have you have you changed your tune, John? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, especially when you see teams that are there, and um, you know, as as we said last time, you want to get greedy. You don't want to just sit on the playoffs. You want to try and get that, um, you know, seeding if possible. And I know I was a bit flipping about, but deep down, I was like, We've got to beat Denmark. <laughs> well, the, the way the way that it panned out when we were recording that episode after the Moldova game. Uh, in my living room Portugal v Serbia was on in the background and we were expecting Portugal to go on and get the winner and then 10 minutes after we stopped recording Mitrovic scored and all of a sudden that 
um, set the heather alight for the seeded teams and the unseeded teams straight away. So yeah, we we, can't, we really don't know what to predict. And I think someone actually was in my mentions today saying that we can't look too far ahead to the final because who knows what's going to happen. Last year, we were all expecting Norway and Serbia went over to uh, Oslo and produced the goods and, and came away with the win. So yeah, who knows what's going to happen. Maybe we'll meet a fellow unseeded, or not a fellow unseeded team, sorry, doing as a, a district. Uh, this service, maybe we'll meet an unseeded team in the final. Who knows what's going to happen? But anyway, we'll run through the teams that Scotland could draw uh, on Friday. The draw is taking place um, for Scotland. It's Turkey, Poland, North Macedonia, Ukraine, Czech Republic and Austria. Um, and just to confuse you all, I'm not going to do it in that order because I've prepared my notes in a completely different way than the Tartan Scarf's tweet, which outlined all the, uh, the potential paths <laughs> that Scotland could take. So the first one that I have notes on, guys, and we'll come to is Ukraine. So Ukraine cannot be drawn. This is quite a big thing, actually, for um, how it might pan out for not just Scotland, but anyone involved in the playoffs. Ukraine can't be drawn in the same quartet as Russia due to political differences, I believe, and potential warfare. So the uh, the path that Ukraine get drawn in will be different to Russia's. So if Ukraine are drawn with us, immediately that increases the likelihood, especially if it's early on in the draw, Gordon, that we will be facing either Portugal or Italy if we were to beat them, as that means that because Russia can't be in our quartet, someone else has to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on, and I don't like that pairing very much at all. Um, I've I've actually ranked my semi-final opponents in terms of uh, how much I would like to face them or not, and I've actually got Ukraine as my second worst option. Why um, is that? I, I think, admittedly, I mean, they 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 obviously the 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 only they only won two games in qualifying, which doesn't seem great. They drew six. They haven't lost. You know, um, and I think really they 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 just I don't know they they strike me as a kind of opponent. I was able to see them firsthand in the last sixteen game at the Euros at Hamden against Sweden when they went through with basically the last kick of the game, and yeah, their form since the Euros, since obviously getting beaten by England, you know they've not lost a game and they've taken a draw against France since then. They also drew with France earlier in the group. Um, yeah, I just I, I don't like the look of them. I, th- I think they could be very tricky opponents for us. With Ukraine, they were they were beaten in the quarterfinals of Euro 2020. England put them out, I think, quite comfortably in the end in the, in the quarterfinal, wasn't it? Because they had gone all the way against Sweden in the phase before that. Um, but in the Euros themselves, in the group stage, Ukraine went through as a, one of the best third-place finishers. Holland romped that group. Austria were second on six points. We'll come to them shortly. In North Macedonia, another potential opponent for Scotland, finished bottom of that group. So three potential opponents here for Scotland were in Group C of the Euros in the summer. They did get their win Ukraine against North Macedonia, beaten by the other two. And then John uh, Ukraine uh, won against Sweden, who are a seeded team in this draw. They, they knocked Sweden out of the Euros in the last, uh, sorry, the first knockout stage with a last minute goal, um, which is actually a really exciting game. I was there like Gordon. I have to say, though, I think Sweden were the better team that night. And it, it's one person that uh, we don't need to worry about for the semi final anyway, anyway is Emil Forsberg. He was tremendous at hand in that evening, didn't deserve to be on the the losing side. Do Ukraine scare you as much as they seem to scare Gordon? No, so I'm roles reversed to Gordon. He's got them second worst. I've got them my second best option. Um, I, I I know they did they did well to get in the playoffs, but there's just something about them that I I'm not overly impressed with. I think their run to the quarterfinals was almost fortuitous, as you say. They were one of the best of the um, four, four, uh, third place sides. You know, they only won one game out of three. Um, no, I thought they carried a lot of luck against Sweden. I think Sweden had some injuries in the game as well, if I remember rightly. But um, you know, to um, and they they done well to get through against England. They were terrible, and you know they limped through their um, qualifying group. I'm not underestimating by any stretch of imagination, but at full Hamden, and they've no longer got Shevchenko as a manager as well. Um, let's you know he was a good motivator. Um, I think they're a side that at Hamden we can um, definitely topple. On our day. Well, they, they didn't win a game in qualifying, Gordon. You just alluded to this a minute ago. They didn't win a game until match day seven when they beat Finland. And then their second win of qualifying was in the final game, uh, which was against Bosnia. So they opened up with six draws and then two sandwiched between match day seven and ten. But as you rightly point out, Gordon, two of them were against France. So black and white, two wins and the rest draws, you're thinking, you know what, that's not 
that's not so good. But then when you compare some of their, well, the two draws against France to some of the other results for, for peripheral nations, I think you can call them, you have to say, oh, hold on a minute. Um, considering they got to the quarters as well, maybe a fortuitous wrong John, as you say, but they, they are an impressive team. Yeah, and, and I think really, if maybe if I can sort of clarify my statement earlier, um, the way I would look at these unseeded teams, I think my choices one through five are arguably much of a muchness. I have a preference of the order that I've put them in, but really one through five, I'd be happy with any of them really. And it's the sixth one that I definitely don't want, um, which I think we'll get onto. And I think you can probably guess which one that is. <laughs> I'll run through a couple of Ukraine's key players um, and ones that we all might know, Yarmolenko um, has over 100 caps and he's got 44 goals with West Ham uh, attacker. Ronin Yaremchuk, Benfica attacker, 36 caps, 12 goals. And Man City's left-sided player, Alexander Zinchenko, is nearing 50 caps and he's got eight goals. I think he plays for a left-back for Man City, but I think he's more of a, a midfielder for Ukraine, I, I think, as we've seen with some of the peripheral nations that have one or two standout players, they quite often get bumped up from defence to, to midfield if they're that good, uh, which seems to be the case with Zinchenko. Looking back at Scotland's uh, games against Ukraine, I think the game against Denmark recently, the consensus on Twitter seemed to be that was Scotland's best performance or best game at home, John, since the last time we played Ukraine, which would have been in 2007, qualifying for Euro 2008, 3-1 victory. Yeah, well, that Ukraine game was my favourite Scotland game. Possibly the Denmark one might rival that now. Um, there was a lot of factors in that because it followed the back of France. Um, three of our club sides had done well in Europe the week before. Um, from a personal point of view, it was my mum's birthday that day. So, you know, it was a great day out in the sun. And it was the last time until the Denmark game that I think Scotland played with a swagger against a team of that calibre. You know, of course, that Ukraine team had Shevchenko and... You know, reached the um, quarterfinals of the World Cup, which was pretty um, impressive. So, um, but yeah, I think, I mean, Yarmolenko's a, a top talent, and I'm not underestimating Ukraine by any stretch of imagination. There are a side that I'd like, but if you're pointing out that, um, you know, it takes away Russia if we get the Ukraine, let's be honest, the chances that FIFA and MO um, microwave the Portugal and Italy balls to make sure that they're kept apart <laughs> you know are very high <laughs> so probably best you can't, not you can't see on this podcast John wearing his tin hat tin foil hat <laughs> well, let's move on to Turkey then they are another unseeded team uh, they have Norway to thank probably for the fact that they managed to make it to the playoffs Norway were in that position and then they drew with Latvia in their penultimate game and couldn't get the better of Holland in the final game allowing Turkey to jump above them into second place at the moment Turkey are 37th in the world rankings they've just moved up two places they're actually just one place above us now and Scotland up to 38th now Turkey are a really strange one guys right so they're a terrible Euros they, they went in as one of the, they were called the dark horses weren't they people expected them to be what Denmark were in the end John down there raising his hand. Yeah, you're not alone. Um, but they were they were dreadful. Wales beat them 2-0. They lost in the opening game 3-0 to Italy. They were battered. Um, and they lost 3-1 to Switzerland as well. They went out without a point. But since then, they've only lost one of their subsequent seven games, which was against Holland. They were thumped 6-1 by Holland. But they beat Holland 4-2 only in March in the same qualifying campaign. So, Gordon, what the hell do we expect from Turkey? Well, that, that, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? And I have absolutely no idea because you're right. You, you you look at the results over the past year and, yeah, you've got absolutely sublime performances smashing the Netherlands and then you've got absolutely hilarious performances getting smashed by the Netherlands. You know, all of their performances at the Euros were pretty abject. I think you look at their recent form, though, because I, I think, you know, obviously we've spoken about how Scotland used the Euros as a springboard and have come out of it and have really improved since then. And I think Turkey probably fit in that same boat as well. You know, you look since the Euros, they've only got one loss and that was the what the aberration to the Netherlands when they went down 6-1 in September. So I, I think the worry about Turkey is that you just don't know which Turkey are going to turn up. And that that worries me. I've, I've got them as my fourth fourth choice for the playoffs, uh, maybe I maybe I should swap them with Ukraine potentially. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I I wouldn't be super happy. At least we've got the game at home. I I, I certainly wouldn't want to have an away game against Turkey. No. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's a complete game changer having to go 
over to play Turkey, John. They, they had a good qualifying campaign for the Euros in the summer. They actually had the same record as Scotland had in this current campaign. And Turkey also, they were unbeaten against France in, in that qualifying campaign for the Euros. They beat them 2-0 and drew 1-1. Their only defeat was against Iceland. So look, Turkey went in with the dark horse reputation uh, on merit. It's not like people just looked at them and thought, you know what, they'll do. They can be the, the surprise package this year. They, they actually had shown that they were capable of big results at big moments and just didn't produce it uh, on the nights in question in the Euros. But since then, as we've just said, they, they have recovered somewhat and they managed to get into the, the playoffs, which I think they probably felt was pretty unlikely with the way things were going. Yeah, as Gordon says, you just don't know which Turkey's going to turn up. I mean, you just look at the match results. They beat Holland 4-2 at home, which was impressive. They went to Norway and battered them 3-0 away. And you're all of a sudden thinking, that's a side that's going to romp to qualification. Then they drop home to Latvia. You think, <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> you know, they really are a Jekyll and Hyde team. So, you know, you just don't know which Turkey is going to turn up. And I think that's... Um, why people would probably want to avoid them. Personally, I've got them at number three um, in my preferred list. Um, and we'll obviously come to reasons why they're that high up and not um, further down that other people might have. But I suppose I'm clinging on to the fact that, you know, they might not travel great, um, although they have managed to go to France and get points and stuff. Um, but um, I just wonder if... Um, if they'll, if they'll buckle at Hamden, you just never know. I mean, I know they're used to playing hostile atmospheres. I mean, they play at home and win, but maybe our Hamden crowd might be too much. Some, who knows? Yeah, it, it just underlines the importance of the seeding and the definite home draw when you've got countries like this in the mix. Interestingly, and thanks to Air Force One on Twitter for this, um, we have only played, or we haven't played Turkey since... 1960, a friendly in 1960 when Turkey beat us 4-2. And you think about the amount of friendlies that Scotland have had over the years, especially in the last 20 years. It seems like we've covered every blade of Europe or they've come to us for at least some sort of friendly game. But Turkey, yeah, we've never played them really, Gordon. Certainly not in our lifetime, certainly not in many people's lifetimes. So at least with Turkey, don't know if this is grasping at straws here. I'm not using it as a positive anyway, but it's a change of pace. It would be quite unusual and exciting. Yeah, no, it absolutely would be, you know, um, having never played them competitively. Um, and funnily enough, actually, on Ukraine, we've only actually played Ukraine twice. Um, those games in Euro 2008 qualifying were the only times we've ever played them as well. So, yeah, there's a fair bit of uncharted territory to to go for in this in this this group. But, um, yeah, don't fancy Turkey much. <laughs> the, t- the Turkish danger men uh, are the ones that stand out anyway. Burak Yilmaz, the Lille forward, who's got almost a goal every couple of caps for uh, Turkey. He's scored 30. Hakan Chalanoglu of Inter Milan, well-known name. He's got 14 goals and he's a set-piece specialist. And Demiral in defence, the Atalanta defender, bit of a tough guy. And Kaglar Soyuncu of Leicester, another name that many of us will be familiar with. He's one of their centre-halves. So, yeah, they've got European-level players, certainly, Turkey. Um, and I think it's just thankful that we don't have to deal with their European-level crowd if we were to draw them. <laughs> Um, now, we put, we put out a, uh, a message on Twitter asking people for their opinions on who Scotland should want to draw and who they should want to avoid. A lot of people seem to think that Poland would be the worst possible draw for Scotland here. Um, they are 27th in the world rankings. That's down four. They finished second in their qualifying group behind England, but they were beaten by Hungary in their final game, although it's worth mentioning that Hungary are no diddies these days. They had a couple of strong performances against France and Germany and the Euros as well, didn't they, Hungary? Um, they held Portugal for quite long before eventually uh, imploding in the last 10 minutes. Now, Poland were high scorers in the qualifiers. They scored 30 goals. Um, I think there's a contributor, a contributing factor towards that is Robert Lewandowski. Now, is one man enough for Scotland to be quaking in their boots at the prospect of Poland, John? I mean, he's obviously probably the best out-and-out striker in, in world football. Um, but can he be shackled? Yeah, I mean, I think if we can c- cut the supply to him, you know, that's that's always um, that's always something that we could do. Um, got to remember, Poland did not have a good Euros and they relied heavily on him in the Euros. I mean, they were beaten by Slovakia, which I thought was a shocking result because Slovakia, not a great side um, right now. You saw that when they got hammered by Spain and when we beat them in the Nations League albeit our reserve team didn't lose them, <laughs> but only just. Um, but I think 
I think if you can stop the supply to Lewandowski, then that's half the battle. Um, but that's easier said than done, of course. But then um, our defenders are playing well. You know, that's something else that we've, um, you know, we've managed to see recently. I mean, there was um, practically a new back three for that game against Denmark with Suter and uh, Cooper coming in alongside Tierney. And now you've got the argument, do they stay in the team? Um, does Han- or, or does Hanley and uh, Hendry or McTominay all come back? You know, these are good questions to ask. So, you know, with that confidence, you know, they won't be too afraid. I mean, yeah, it'll be obviously a bigger test coming up against Lewandowski, but I think they'll relish it, our defenders. We've got another four months to either dream or have nightmares about it. Um, they did have a terrible Euros poll and they were beaten by Slovakia, as you say, and Sweden, but they drew with Spain, Gordon. So much like most of these nations... <laughs> what are you going to get from them? Because they're pulling impressive results out at the same time as they're losing games they probably would expect to win. Yeah, I, I don't like I don't like this draw at all. Um, I think you know, especially considering you know this is a one-off semi-final game as well. You know, those are the kind of games you need a winner in ninety or one hundred twenty minutes. That these these are the kind of games that an elite level Ballon d'Or level striker can decide. And Lewandowski is is that man. Um, obviously, the last time we played him was Euro 2016 qualifying. We drew two each. Lewandowski scored twice. And I just think when you're going up against a team where that has a striker that can score from anything, create something out of nothing. And let's not forget, they have plenty of other talent as well. I mean, Arkadius Milik is a very, very talented player, you know. And, you know, they have others through the team. Christoph Piotek from Hertha Berlin. Yep. Yeah, they've just added Matty Cash, uh, <laughs> yeah, Polish right back from Aston Villa. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't like, don't like this draw in the slightest. Um, also, especially because knowing that having played Poland, we would then have to go the following Tuesday to play someone else. You know, think you think about how much we would we'd have to put into a game to get past a team like Poland if we're going to win, you could see us then limping into a playoff final if, if we were lucky enough to get there. Um, would, that, would that not be the same, though, even if we played Turkey or Czech Republic or whoever? Of course it would be, yeah. I mean, and, and, and again, that, that is something that I've been saying since day one, you know, that, that this process of playoffs is going to be so much harder than it was for the Euros because in the Euros, because of COVID, we were lucky that they split them in half and we had one in October and one in November. This isn't the case this time. It's, it's two in a week and that, is going to be unbelievably difficult for us to get through, no matter who we play. But there are better draws than Poland. Yeah, well, we should, I should clarify, actually, just for anyone who's just picking up on the, the Scotland train, that this draw is done so that Scotland will know their potential final opponent when the draw for the semi-finals are made. So there are three groups of four... Well, it's maybe wrong to call them groups, but there are four... They call um, them paths. Paths, yeah. Okay, so there are, there are three paths, um, each with four in it, because there are 12 playoff teams. Um, so it's a seeded team and an unseeded team, another seeded team and an unseeded team, and that is two semis and a final. And then yes. repeat and repeat once more. So Scotland will know who the playoff final potentially is when they draw the semi. where it's going is, as well. Mm-hmm, which we'll is decided at random. At the same time, well, I, I th- yeah, it's it's it, it's decided at random um, it, 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 because it'll be the same way as if you remember for Euro 2020 playoffs when we were playing Israel, we knew that we would be playing the winner of Norway or Serbia away from home before the semi-final was even played. And that will be the same situation here. Mm-hmm. Um, right, so Poland not high on your priority list then, Gordon. John, what are you feeling? Um, I've actually put Poland at four, um, and I'll, I'll give you. Um, we'll also come to the other two. Why I'll have them as um, five and six, but yeah, Poland um, not my preferred option. Definitely in the bottom three. Yeah, and, and do we think that Robert Lewandowski impacts that very heavily? He is probably yeah the best striker in the world. I would say he's got seventy four goals and one hundred and twenty eight caps. He could well reach a hundred goals. Really, I, I don't know his age off the top of my head. Maybe thirty three. It could be total shite, but I think maybe roughly something like that. Um, you look like you're 33. Googling 33. There we go. I knew it, I knew it all along. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he could well um, crack on for another few years. And yeah, Christoph Piatek, Milik, Zielinski of Napoli, Matthias Klick of Leeds. So these guys are, are serious operators. And yep, they had a bad uh, a bad Euros. And then, but yeah, they're a, a, absolutely a force to be reckoned with. Um, recent meetings, we've covered the 2-2-1 at hand in there, which... I, 
the, the Stephen Fletcher goal for me, one of my favourite Hamden moments um, of all time. If, if we'd held on and that goal went on to mean something in the long term, it would be very hard to beat that one for me. Um, we had a good result over in Poland as well, though, uh, Gordon. So Stephen yep. Naismith and Maloney scored over there. That was a, I was there. a good performance. You were there, right? Second trip. Yeah, what yeah. a trip. Loved it. Yeah. And we, we beat them uh, in a friendly as well around that time too. Scott Brown, I think, scored quite a thumping one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that was Andy Robertson's debut. Wow. Yeah, we, we had the friendly against them in March that year, and the friendly had been arranged before the draw was made. So mm. it, had, it ended up being a sort of dress rehearsal. <laughs> I think, was that when Andy Robertson was called in as backup for someone? And then. Well, I think, I think, I think the, he, was, he was brought in because the Strachan wanted some extra bodies in training. So he brought in some players from the 21s, and Andy Robertson impressed so much that he ended up getting a place in the full team. Well, what a way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that game not live in the Daily Record website as well? That's That sounds about right, you know. We had a friendly in Czech Republic. That I might be getting confused this year when Anya scored the winner. Was it maybe that yeah. one? That was around the same time. But I'm pretty sure you're right, John, that <laughs> that was streamed live. What a bizarre set of circumstances. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Poland out of the way. Um you don't fancy them, Gordon, John, you're not that fussed either, right? What about North Macedonia? Just nod if you want them as first choice. You're both nodding, okay? <laughs> now, this fills me with extreme dread and trepidation to go to North <laughs> Macedonia. I think it's maybe just the pessimist in me. Um, they pipped Romania by a point, um, which I think was more or less decided in the penultimate match day when Romania drew 0-0 with Iceland and North Macedonia went to Armenia and won 5-0. Um, they also were at the Euros in the summer North Macedonia, their first major tournament. They left with zero points in the same group as Holland, Austria and Ukraine. Um, but they did have their moment. Goran Pandev scored, which will go down in Macedonian football history. Um, so they are the lowest ranked team. They're not diddies anymore. They might have been when we drew them with Burley in charge at the start of the striking area. And we all expected to turn up really and just beat Macedonia by virtue of our presence John, but those those days are changed. It definitely. I mean, they're no mugs, and I actually th- would argue that their performance in getting to the World Cup playoff is more impressive than their route to the Euros. Because no disrespect, but they came through the Nations League Group D path, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to get through that, and you know, they've done well to get through it because you still got to put sides like Georgia aren't easy. But and we know about that, but. Um, to come through this group, I think they were what fourth or fifth seeds, and they finished second ahead of Romania, Iceland, who were um, you know a second seed not too long ago. You know that is pretty pretty impressive. And don't forget they went to Germany and won. So yes, whilst Gordon and I are nodding, saying that would be a preferred option, that's not to say that we underestimate this team. And remember, I mean the last time they came to Hamden, they they got a draw and deserved a draw. But then that was the dark days of um, of Craig Levine and uh, Jamie Mackey, etc. That fills me with dread. There's a yeah, they, they beat Germany, which is an, an outstanding result. It seems that there's a, a theme in common here almost that each of these countries has pulled out a marquee victory the same way that we did against Denmark on the final match day, which I think is something that we had been missing for for a wee while in Scotland. I know we, we pulled out some big results, we almost beat England, we got the win against Slovakia. Um, and but going back to the campaign before that, we didn't hold on against Poland. Um, we didn't go to Dublin and win. So, you know, that sort of result had been missing for us for, for quite a long time, Gordon. It does seem to be a running theme here for the countries that have made it into the playoffs. Oh, of course it does. Because, like, you know, for for teams that have finished in their top two in World Cup qualifying groups, you're talking about the top 20 teams in Europe by that, by that metric. And, you know, there's 55 countries in Europe. So for anybody to finish in the playoff places is a big, big achievement, no matter what their group look like, looks like, no matter what team they are. And I think you're right. I think John's absolutely bang on. I think you can draw quite a lot of parallels between what Macedonia have achieved in recent times and what Scotland have achieved. I think the Nations League has been good for them in the same way that the Nations League has been good for us. And certainly just because they are our preferred draw, they will be a, a challenge. And I, th- I think they'll be, they, would, they would provide a very different challenge at Hamden than a team like Denmark would, because I think Macedonia would probably come and sit in quite deep and look to counter on us. And that would be a real challenge for us to pick apart a deep-lying team. You'd like to think we've got the technical players that can do that now, but it's another challenge, you know? And we always talk about how Scotland sometimes thrive when they are the underdogs. They would be big, big, heavy favourites then. And that's a, that would be a heavy burden to carry into a game like that so 
games like this against a team like Macedonia would bring its own challenges, but I think we could certainly, we, we would absolutely be looking to win that game, 100%. Yeah, it's funny, um, John, how the, the pendulum of opinion can swing from one end of the spectrum to the other. I had two comments today in my notifications on Twitter, one after the other after I put out the um, the call for opinions. Damon McLaughlin, North Macedonia, an absolute no-brainer. The one right under it, Callum Ray, Macedonia would be our worst draw. They'd sit in. It's not it's directly one next to the other. And it's, it's a valid argument, I think. Yes, they are the weakest team. Uh, and in terms of personnel, anyway, um, they, they've got no Pandev anymore. I think he's called it a day at international level. They've got um, Alexander Trajkovsky, plays for Alborg over in Denmark. He's got 19 goals and 74 caps. Elif Elmas is a Napoli midfielder, young Napoli midfielder. He's got 37 caps at only 22 years old, so he's fairly racking up the experience. So they've got players that play at decent levels and can can harm Scotland as they have done to Germany in their qualifying campaign. It's fair to recognise at the same time, though, that they would be our easiest draw. Just because they're the worst team, probably, of the unseeded teams, does that mean it would be the easiest game for us? One Pepe thinks so, but, you know, as we know from our experience in the past, the so-called easiest teams is the is the hardest one because, as Gordon mentioned, that way of expectation then goes um, even further um, because we've beaten the likes of Denmark. We've went to Austria and got that signature result that was missing for so long. Macedonia at home shouldn't be a trepidation, but it could be um, the biggest stumbling block depending on the mentality. And then you've got a different atmosphere within the home crowd because they're turning up expecting victory and the first sign of frustration, you know, it turns a jovial crowd into one that gets on the players' backs, which isn't good. But ultimately, when you analyse where they are in the rankings, the strength of um, of them compared to ours, they are the weaker team and that is the the draw that you would want. So, yeah, Um, whilst we're playing up Macedonia a wee bit more, I still would want number one ahead of the other five. Number one for you as well, Gordon? Yep, absolutely. Respect them, but beat them. They, they are 67th in the world rankings. That's up seven in the last update. They, they've only lost once since the Euros, and that was to Germany, who they beat 2-1 in March. And I think as it was pointed out to me by someone on Twitter, I can't quite remember who, sorry, at the moment, but they went to Armenia and won 5-0. Um, and Armenia are, well, I'd, not, I'd certainly wouldn't describe them as a complete diddy nation, Armenia. I mean, they're, they're a lowly nation, but they're not Gibraltar. They're not um, Moldova for example. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, North Macedonia changed days from 10, 12 years ago. Um, and, of course, they've enjoyed the victory over us over in their own patch. So um, history is just about on their side for that one. Um, right, let's go to Austria now. Very recent experience, fellas, of playing Austria. Took four points from them in the qualifying group. London Dykes penalty over in Vienna and uh, Hanley and McGinn at Hamden in a 2-2 draw. Um, they are up two in the latest world rankings to 30th. Um, they had a pretty good Euros, actually, Austria. Um, they beat Ukraine in the group stage, who are one of the unseeded teams as well, as we've covered. And they took Italy all the way, Gordon, in the uh, first knockout stage. I think it was Kate Chiesa that scored an extra time to eventually uh, put them out. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I would I would absolutely be, be more than happy to see them back at Hamden. Um, I think... You know, every now and again in these sort of situations, it can be a sort of better the devil, you know, type situation. And I think we've shown in the last year that we're very much on a par with a team like Austria and should have nothing to fear from them. Um, obviously, the striker Sasha Kalajic, who was an absolute handful <laughs> in the game against March, he scored twice against us. I think he probably should have had a hat trick, but he got one chalked off fortuitously. Um, he's obviously been injured for a while, but he should be back by March. So there's something to fear there, but. No, I think overall, I think I think I'd be very comfortable with uh, drawing Austria in the semi-final. Well, they're in the playoffs by virtue of the Nations League. They couldn't get in from the qualifying stage because, well, we finished second. Pumped them. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they 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 won their Nations League group, which had Norway, Romania, and Northern Ireland in it. So Norway just can't seem to catch a break, can they? <laughs> they're, they're the the one place out in almost everything I look at. Um, but it was close though. I found out today actually, just when I was researching this. That was they won that Nations League group courtesy of a last minute goal from Adrian Gurbic, ninety um, fourth minute goal against Norway in the last game, um, which took two points off Norway and added an extra one on uh, to Austria for them to get there. So yeah, 
fine margins. Um, we've got players, they, they've got players we've heard of, David Alaba, um, what, kind of one of those defensive players that gets put into midfield because he's that good. Um, Alexander Dragovic, Red Star, Belgrade, centre-half. If Austria were to reach the final, it would be as a 100th cap. Um, they've got Marko Arnautovic, Marcel Sabitzer of Bayern Munich and Sasa Kladic, as you've said, Gordon, um, strong start to his international career. Bayer Leverkusen's um, Baumgartner as well. Um, he'll probably be playing on Thursday against Celtic in Europa League. So this is a team, John, that's, uh, that Scotland have beaten and have shown that they are at least as good as. Where do they rank for you? I'm really surprised you see it. I've actually got them fifth. And there's a couple of reasons um, for that. Um, one, I think it's partly because you know we've been playing them so often recently. They're almost becoming a, an Israel. Not quite there yet, though. But remember when we beat them in um, away from home and we did very well. It's a great performance. No one has taken anything away. But they were missing a couple of key players, especially Kaladzic. Um, he was such a handful in that game at Hamden. And if we you know where to get them again, they're going to be strong. I mean, they, they, they're very well beaten, as you in the penultimate game there. Okay, there was two teams with nothing to play for eventually, but they were 2-1 down and they came back to win 4-2. And apparently, um, they played very, very well. Um, so, I don't know if I'd want them again um, for those couple of reasons. Although, maybe the logic should be that I should be putting them ahead of Poland. Gordon, you said you are pretty comfortable with it. Where, where are they on your list? Uh, they're third. Third for me. Um, but I, th- I, th- I, th- I think John, John's got a good point, though, that they did finish strongly in uh, World Cup qualifying. Obviously, they got that 4-2 win against Israel. Then they got a 4-1 win against Moldova to close out the group. So I, I did have my eye on them as looking at what, how their form would be because I was thinking they're going to have to get it together soon, knowing that they're in the playoffs in March. And they did do that. So, yeah. But no, I, I, third, I'm happy with third. They, they did hit a real low point, didn't they? Because they, they were thumped by Israel on, on match day five, I think it was, the same night that we were beaten by Denmark, which yep. which made things not as difficult as they might well have been after we got beat by Denmark. Because I remember doing the podcast after that, thinking what, I think the tone of the podcast was largely how does Scotland turn this around for the rest of the group because Denmark have just ripped us limb from limb. But mm-hmm. that kind of kept the door slightly ajar for us to well and we didn't just sneak through it in the end really we burst it down which, with five which we then went in, in a row in yeah Austria. learned this today that um where is it I've written it down somewhere um yeah the the only two matches in the qualifying campaign uh, sorry the only two countries to win their last five matches of the qualifying campaign were Germany and Scotland. Hmm. Yeah okay. so we're in good company there. <laughs> um John, Ross Hamilton is thinking similarly to you. He says the only team he doesn't want is Austria. It also outlines that Macedonia are no mugs anymore and that Scotland are better as underdogs. But he says only team he doesn't want is Austria and he would prefer the opportunity for revenge against the only team we haven't covered yet, Czech Republic. So we have very recent history with them, much like we do um, with Austria. They were in our group for the Euros. They beat us 2-0 at Hamden in a game which was a bit of a weird one, Gordon, because Czech Republic um, scored one of the best goals the Euros has ever seen. Um, And it wasn't really until the second half that Scotland got going. Clark selected a team that many people raised their eyebrows at. um, And we couldn't break them down to get the equaliser. And then they went and scored the, the second goal. John's aired his concern about familiarity with Austria. Have you got anything similar on your mind about the Czech Republic here? No, um, I've got the Czechs second in my list. I would love, I would love to see them back at Hamden because I have never left a game of football more baffled by what I'd seen in front of me than that game at the Euros because just in no world was that a 2-0 game. I mean, we created so many chances with so many openings. We hit the bar, we hit the post, we had one on the top of the net. We had incredible saves from the goalkeeper. And 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 but but at the same time thinking that it wasn't a very good Scotland performance either. Because like you said, we didn't start well, the first half was poor. And funnily enough, actually, you know, we we obviously went with the system that we used to perfection against Moldova and Denmark in terms of having one central striker with sort of midfielders supporting. That did not work against Czech Republic. Maybe we had to go through that Euros experience for it to work, but that that works for us now. So whether we would went with a Dykes and Adams up front in the playoff or whether we went with 
Adams with uh, Armstrong and McGinn like we did against Denmark, I, I'd feel so much more confident going into a rematch against the Czech Republic at Hamden. And of course, knowing that it's a full Hamden rather than 12 and a half, half thousand fans. So yeah, I'm absolutely, I'd be, I'd be delighted to see the Czechs again. Well, they're a team full of firepower. Let's let's not forget about that. They've got Adam Closet, the young Sparta Prague uh, forward to probably probably will play against Rangers this week. They've got Patrick Sheik. We're familiar with him. They've got Socek in midfield to is a bit of a powerhouse. Um, so I've I've kind of broken this down into reasons to be confident and also worried about Czech Republic. So Wales took four points from them in qualifying. They, they finished third in that group with Wales and Belgium. Um, they drew with Ukraine. They were uh, beaten by Denmark in the quarterfinals of the Euros, who we just beat 2-1. Um, but they also knocked Holland out of the Euros. And they've also drawn recently with Croatia and Belgium. So the Czechs, John, are massively capable of pulling out a result when it matters. Bottom of my list. And <laughs> the reasons I've done that is... The history that we've had against them, and they were very, very good in the in the Euros. Um, you know, they did very well to get to that quarterfinal. And it was only penalties that put them out um, against Spain. You no, know, let's not forget that. You know, it was um, having put out France. Uh, no, so I had put Holland in the round before. You know, that was um, pretty impressive. Yes, and um, and obviously Patrick Schick, who I still cannot believe, even though he was joint top scorer, was not named in the team of the tournament. He should have been first name in that team sheet in the team tournament to be perfectly honest um, you know he's just a, he's just a threat but what I will say um, is that that day we missed a certain um, player that makes our system work and that was Kieran Tierney um, Liam Cooper had a decent game but he doesn't offer the same as what Tierney offers in that left centre back position with that um, combination with Robertson so Carl McGregor had, dropped too yes yeah. Yeah. he was dropped for Stuart Armstrong who yeah. didn't have a good game who I don't think Works in the system, but then he, get, he did come on and play well against uh, Denmark, to be fair. So maybe um, that's an impact. And of course, Billy Gilmore, Billy Gilmore hadn't made yes. a competitive <laughs> debut either. So, you know, we, we, we are, as, as much as they might be a different beast to what they were in the summer, I think we've come on leaps and bounds since then. So, yeah, I, I'd have no fear playing them. And, and, and like we said before, all these teams are good. Like, you can't finish second in a World Cup qualifying group without being really good and without getting some really good results. So, we're all good and we all deserve to be here, 100%. The thing that I'm looking at is, Gordon, I mean, we're talking about, you know, reasons why we, we might know in this team and we'd we prefer that team. There's going to be podcasts around Europe that are having the same discussion about us, and I don't think we're going to be too high on people's list given the form that we're on so I think we should talk ourselves up I mean I'm not fearing anyone Do, do you not think that we will be being spoken about as the seeded lot the way that we and I'm sure the others are maybe referencing North Macedonia do you think that's far from the case? I think I, th- I think it depends how much homework people do I, th- I think it would be quite easy for people to in other countries in Europe people in Ukraine people in Turkey to be looking at this draw and thinking oh Scotland they always chuck it they never qualify for anything glorious failure that's what they do we'll have them thank you very much but anyone who's looked at how we've played in the last six to eight months I think they'd absolutely be saying what John's saying that they'd think god this is a serious outfit now you know they've got real serious players playing at a very high level you know Alba Mater Andy Lang did a really good piece I think it was actually was it before the Euros when he wrote a piece almost like looking at this Scotland team from foreign eyes. And and it is incredible. We've got some great players and now we've got the form to back it up. We've got the system to back it up. We've got the stadium and the fans to back it up. Yeah, you're right. No no other team in Europe should be wanting to come to Hamden right now. So just um, go back to the list thing you guys had going on. I didn't actually devise one, but we'll just ask you both, um, who are your preference? Who's your first preference for the draw? Macedonia. Macedonia, yep. And who are you most frightened of drawing? Poland. Czech Republic. Okay, interesting. Well, I would say on my end, I think that I would quite like Austria. Um, I think that I would be comfortable with Austria. North Macedonia scares me. It just does. Um, (laughs) I know know that we're better than them, but it just scares me. Um, And if you ever ask me the same question after the draw or maybe even near the playoffs, I might as well change my mind. Um, and Macedonia, I was going to say, I've 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 not been in this state very often, but 
the first game of World Cup 2010 qualifying when George Burley took us to play in Macedonia and we lost 1-0 and that just set the tone for that whole campaign. One of the few times that I've aggressively drunk after a game to try and forget <laughs> what came before. I, honestly, just a, a horrible day, a horrible <laughs> night and a horrible next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I would least like to draw... Ah... Uh... My instinct says Turkey. My instinct says Turkey, so I'm going to stick with it. Um, right, well, let's remember, of course, that this is not a one-game situation. We're very likely to have to play, or not very likely, but we may well have to play one of Europe's powerhouses in the final. Portugal or Italy could line wait for us. Russia could line wait for us. Wales or Sweden could line wait for us, or any of the unseeded teams. I didn't actually go this far with my preparation. I didn't think we would, we would cover it. But Gordon, you said you've had a wee think about the potential finals or the, the other seeded teams for Scotland. Yeah, I have. I've I've looked into it. Um, maybe, maybe again, this is sort of a looking looking beyond a little bit. But I would say I would say Sweden would be my first pick for a team to play. Um, I think their form since the Euros has not been particularly good at all. Um, let me just pull it up. Um, yep, yeah, since since the Euros, they've lost in Greece, they've lost in Georgia, they've lost in Spain. So yeah, I, I don't think there should be anything particularly to fear, um, despite obviously the fact they are still a very good side. Um, my second pick, I would say, I, I would love to see Wales. You know, I think we've got fairly recent history with Wales. I've seen us lose to Wales more times than I care to think about. And I think it would be a fantastic uh, event and night to to play them again in a in a playoff for a tournament i mean they're, they are again a good side and they, they're, they're one of those really frustrating teams that seems to pull out unbelievable results when it matters i mean the fact on the last day of qualifying they got a draw against belgium and i'm so so glad that we were not watching that game needing belgium to win I know. To that, that, that just stunk of ireland against germany in 2016 yeah. qualifying didn't it God damn. Exactly. Um, they, then I would probably say, and, and, and I think as well, you know, a lot of this depends on how the draw goes in terms of are we going to be at Hamden or are we going to be away from home for the final? That you know, I said on Twitter the other day that there's there's sort of there's there's three things that would sort of give me great hope going into this draw. The first one is that we get a decent draw for the semi-final. The second one is that we get to host the final, and the third one is that we don't get Portugal and Italy in the final. That would be big for me. So, yeah, Sweden, Wales, Russia are the next one. And again, Russia, there's a bit of unfinished business there. We got blown away by them in Euro 2020 qualifying. But that was so early in Steve Clark's reign. We are such a different beast now. Again, I wouldn't mind having them again, particularly at Hamden. And then Portugal and Italy. I mean, for God's sake, like... Portugal won Euro 2016, Italy won Euro 2020. No, again, the fucking Irish. What are you guys doing? I know Northern Ireland (laughs) holding Italy and the Republic holding Portugal, both to 0 0 draws, I think it was, wasn't it? And then both ended up in the playoffs. Sorry, second. Um, We'll go through the, the, the answers that I put out on that I called for on Twitter um, today because quite a lot of people are. You know, desperate to obviously avoid Portugal and Italy, but some people seem to think that we'd be better off playing them as an underdog rather than at home to maybe Sweden or something. I, th- I think though as well though that it would be, it would just be the 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 best full circle moment if we reach the World Cup by beating Russia, who <laughs> Steve Clark said after the defeat in Moscow, this is our lowest point. If our yep. highest point, well, to date anyway, under Clark, then came by beating them. Um, what would that be two and a half years later? Yeah, two and a half years yeah. after that defeat. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be absolutely tremendous. Um, so we'll go through now some of the comments on Twitter. I'll just have a run through, John, before I come to you for your um, desires for the potential final opponent. So um, Scotland fan, just simply Scotland fan on Twitter, a good supporter of the podcast. He says the pressure is all on Italy and Portugal. And then he says, avoid Wales. He'd like Sweden at home in the final. Um, Teddy Jackson says he'd take any of the unseeded teams except Poland. So I think he's similarly aligned to you, Gordon. Um, we've got Ethan, who says a home draw for the final is a must. Um, he's dreading Russia away, um, but he would quite enjoy Ukraine at Hamden. Uh, Ross Hamilton, I think we covered him earlier. He says the only team he doesn't want is Austria. 
Um, he'd prefer revenge against Czech Republic. Um, Andy Lang from Albumatter says, this is an interesting one. He says he wants a team in decline. Um, so who would that be, John? From the um, the the ones that we can get. Um, for the unseeded, yeah, for the unseeded. Yeah, unseeded, yeah. Um, that's a difficult one because North Macedonia is a team on the rise. So by that logic, he doesn't want them. You could potentially argue, um, you could argue Ukraine um, in a way, but then Gordon points out that the results were actually not bad. Post yeah, they drew against France twice as well in the qualifying. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but possibly that means he's went to Austria, lots of things. But then, as I said, Austria were missing players in that game against Scotland um, as well. So it's much of a muchness, but yeah, if it's going by his logic, is Poland maybe one as well that he's thinking? Yeah, possibly, but 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 then I guess in in a group with England, you never really necessarily expect them to win the group. I think I think if you're if you're looking for teams in decline, you're probably more looking at the seeded teams and potentially looking at a team like Portugal because, mm-hmm. like we said, what are they doing here? Like, why are they in the playoffs? Like, they don't <laughs> belong here. So why not? Why not? God, because they didn't mark Mitrovic in the last minute. Because they didn't mark Mitrovic in the last minute of the game. <laughs> well, you know, look, honestly, I, I, I said this on Twitter when, when that happened. You know, you just simply have to say fair play to Serbia for being bodied by us out of the Euros playoffs and using that as the inspiration to then win their World Cup qualifying group. You know, that is quite quite the comeback for Serbia. Well, Andrew Winton, he's, he's not leaving himself much wiggle room here. He says that Turkey, Ukraine and Poland all scare him. Um, so you want to get... A few others to choose from. Uh, we've got Michael Gratham, who says that Italy or Portugal at home rather than Wales or Sweden away. That's an interesting point. So would you rather play one of the big guns at Hamden than have to go to Scandinavia or um, where is it that Wales play? It's a Cardiff City Stadium, isn't it? Um, yes. Yeah, so would, you ra- would you rather be in that position that he underlines that Scotland are often at their best when the odds are stacked against us? I get that logic. I mean, ideally I'd rather not have Portugal or Italy at all. But if you are going to get them, you're, again, wanting to have them at Hamden. And we're talking about unfinished business and revenge, etc. Italy comes straight to mind from (laughs) not just 2007, but the 2005 game where I think we're very lucky not to hold out for victory when um, I think it was Grosso scored a late goal. That was when Kerry Miller scored a good header. And we looked so we were good good for victory. Um, But, yeah, so to get one over at like, Hamden would be good, but I'd rather not um, have that scenario. <laughs> but I do get the logic, um, you know, because um, you've maybe got a, a better chance at home against someone than away to like, even, like, say Sweden or Wales, because, I mean, Wales have got a good record at the Cardiff City Stadium. Yeah. Um, but revenge over them would be nice. We're, we're due think, one on them. I think as well, though, you know, like, again, an, an, another aspect of getting the home tie is that we're not going to be putting the Tartan army in the position of having to book flights and travel and accommodation at potentially four days notice. I mean, if you, if you recall back to the Euros playoffs, I remember hearing about people who were booking travel to effectively put themselves equidistant between Serbia and Norway, because obviously you wouldn't know which one you're going to until full time in the semi-final. In fact, actually you wouldn't even know if you're going because you don't know if you've won the semi-final. I mean, the way these playoffs work is Utterly oh, bonkers, yeah. Yeah. especially for fans. It, I think I think it was I think it was uh, actually Rory Hamilton who we had in the podcast last year. I think he'd, he had booked a trip to Austria. I think just because mm-hmm. that was a a handy point Good. where he could yeah. then get a flight for about twenty equivalent of twenty quid to Norway or, or get, a, get like a train or, to, or Serbia, a train or to Serbia. Yeah, yeah. crazy. I mean, that's, that's insane. Yeah. You know that's yeah. I mean, think think about that. You know, you, you might not know until ten o'clock on the Thursday night. If on the Tuesday you need to be in, you know, uh, Moscow or <laughs> bloody, uh, you know, Vienna. Yeah. <laughs> Could be some very unpopular bosses around that time next March, potentially. Um, Beer Hunters uh, on Twitter seems very bloodthirsty for some Welsh revenge. I don't think he'll be alone in that one. I actually think that that is the game that my nerves would be able to handle the least if we get drawn against the Welsh in a final, to be honest, John? Yeah, I mean, I just just don't know how I feel about the Wales one because they've got two players who really make them tick, Bale and Ramsey, and if they two start, it's a real tough, tough night. I mean, they showed that in the Euros against Turkey. Those two almost single-handedly blew Turkey away that night. Um, 
Ramsey, you know, if it wasn't for injuries, he could have really went even further than when he's gone his career and he is a top player. Um, but, but then we've earned the right to, you know, um, be in this situation and hopefully we've earned the right to play against Wales in the final if we get if the draw is kind. So I'm I'm not as fearful as Wales as, as Portugal and Italy. Simple as that. And um, But I wouldn't mind a crack at Sweden either. Um, I think their side, um, if you talk about the top seeds, um, they're probably the one that look more in decline, as Gordon says, if a couple of really poor results against Greece and Georgia. Um, so they don't strike me um, with the same fear as they might have done five or six years ago. But then that shows a lot from where we've come from as well. I think we've got to give ourselves more credit. Uh, Callum Ray, as we said, he stuck his neck on the line and said Macedonia would be the worst draw for us because they'd sit in and be hard to break down. He fancies Wales for the occasion, as does Damon McLaughlin in a potential final. Um, Liam McLaughlin says anyone but Czech Republic in the semi. North Bank runner, <laughs> this is an interesting one, says that Sweden, Portugal and Poland are all relying on ageing strikers. What a luxury to have there. Um, if we're relying on Cristiano Ronaldo or Robert Lewandowski, or suppose it would be Zlatan who's uh, come back to play for Sweden again. Um I would I would certainly trade our strikers for, for their aging boys, Gordon. Duff. No, I wouldn't. You can Adams. <laughs> Honestly, don't don't you 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 knew you set that up. You know <laughs> you know how I feel about Shea Adams. He is he's magnificent and he's only only getting better for us. And the Josh Endy, um another good contributor to the pod. Uh, he wants um, Turkey or the Czech Republic if we don't draw Macedonia. So he seems to have like a one, then a two, then a two-tier system for, for preference. Uh, also hopes that the stars align for other tough games. Um, so I suppose that would mean that he hopes Portugal and, and Italy. I know you alluded to it earlier, John, um, but he hopes that Portugal and Italy get drawn in the same uh, the same path, which, which would be blockbuster, let's be honest. Of course it would. Um, what I will say about um, Portugal, um, they, they they weren't great in the Euros. You know they relied too heavily on Ronaldo penalties at times. Um, but maybe closer to the the game in March, not all going well. Manchester United, Scott McTominay could maybe give him a wee dig and put him out of the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. But um, no, I mean Portugal. If, if um, their star players turn it on, then it's going to be a hard night. But then they're not functioning as a team just now. Right, so what we're going to do to finish off then is your best-case scenario um, for the the group of four, the two semis in the final that Scotland could get drawn in. And I've I've tried to think instinctively on this rather than look at it and plan ahead. But my best-case scenario would be for Scotland to draw Austria and for Sweden to draw North Macedonia. That's my best-case scenario. Gordon, we'll come to you. I would probably have Macedonia in the semi-final, which we could hopefully be winning 2-0 halftime, feet up, cigars out for the second half, you know, get some guys <laughs> subbed off, rested, um, for a playoff final against either... That's going to get stuck up in the Macedonian changing room. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get, yeah, and, and I'd like to see us paired against, uh, let's say, Wales or the, or the Czech Republic. And if we could have that final at hand, then I'd have a fair amount of faith in us getting to the final. Now, actually, one one other thing that we we have talked about before that did get flagged up last week is that it sounds like disciplinary rules and the yellow, there may be a yellow ah, yeah, card yeah. amnesty ahead of the draw. I have not heard anything further on that. I yeah. think that was going to have to happen before the draw. So hopefully we'll hear news about that this week because that would be big because quite a lot of teams are carrying quite a few yellow cards. I think Portugal and yeah. Italy are both carrying. Okay, I think I think Turkey are in a right mess with that. I'm pretty sure 11 of their last squad gathering were on a booking or something like that. Yeah. Italy's just really high, so that may influence yeah. it. <laughs> All right, John, what is your ideal four then? Ideal four, um, Scotland versus Macedonia in our playoff semi-final and for the other semi-final, to be Sweden versus Ukraine, a repeat of the Euros last 16. Ah, Ukraine, interesting. I forgot about that off the top of my head, but I, I've said I can't change it now. Um, right, so the worst case scenario for me would be, I think, Turkey. I think that Turkey would be our worst case scenario in the semi, uh, and then I wouldn't want 
uh, Portugal or Italy. I don't know what one, so a toss-up. I'll just say Italy. Uh, Italy against Poland in the other semi. So Scotland, Turkey, Italy, Poland, I think would be worst-case scenario. I'll come to you, Gordon. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think I would completely completely agree with that. Um, or, you know, potentially, I mean, if it was if it was Russia away from home in the final, again, that would be uh, equally yeah. horrendous, um, given the amount of time, time zones you'd have to fly through to get there at short notice. John, what are you dreading? Um, dreading checks again, and I would be dreading Italy in the final. Right, okay, well, let's hope that one of the best-case scenarios happens. I, I, I've got this weird, weird thing that I feel like if... Even if we dream it into existence, the chances of it happening decline. Uh, I feel like it has to be an unspoken um, permutation for it to actually happen. Some draw that nobody's mentioned yet will be the one that gets drawn out of the the hat. Um, Now that you mentioned Ukraine, John, I'm really thinking about that again, maybe rather than than Austria. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, But yes, we'll also review the draw. Um, once it happens and we'll have a look forward to the Nations League draw as well and a podcast coming up because that's in a few weeks time now isn't it as 16th well 16th of December 16th of December yeah brilliant and we're also going to have a special end of season Hamden Roar excuse me where we'll be talking about game of the season player of the season goal of the season moment of the season all that sort of Just stuff an awards show all the good stuff yeah um, so yeah um, let's hope that the draw goes well initially Scotland's way um, for the semi-final and we'll see what happens on the other side of the draw thanks very much for tuning in again everyone please remember to subscribe with Scotland's increasing success um, the amount of people listening is going up which is great to see so hope that continues and thanks very much for passing on the word and retweeting and getting in touch on Twitter it's very much appreciated Gordon and John thanks for joining me welcome thank you Podcast Network.